When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Betches Media presents the Betches Brides Podcast, a show for the wedding obsessed and the brides who are stressed, because after all, it's only one day of your life. Well, welcome to Betches Brides, everyone. I'm your host, Nicole Pellegrino. And I'm Jordana Abraham, and I'm so excited for our guest today because people have been asking us to bring on an expert in this field for quite a bit now. Do you want to introduce them, Nicole? Yes. So we found Rafi. Is it Rafi? Yes. Yes. Rafi and Sarah um, of Journey to Marriage. I found you guys on Instagram because, you know, looking up all the pre-Cana. Also, can you actually tell me how to pronounce? We talked about this in our last episode. What's the correct pronunciation before I finish your intro of the word pre-Cana? No, you, it- you nailed it. Okay. Oh, okay. Right. And Kana, I, I like like almost like canine, like not Kana. Yeah. Kana. Yes. Yep. Okay. Kana. We've been saying it eight different ways on this <laughs> on this podcast. So I'm happy to get that answered. But Rafi and Sarah are an amazing couple. Um, they run the Instagram account Journey to Marriage. I know you guys have a podcast, um, you know, that Instagram a website too. So listen to the end, you guys, so you know where exactly to find them. But I mean, your content out there is just so great and amazing and educational about all this. And we really searched around for the really the best guests for this episode because we have gotten so many questions. Our audience is pumped for this episode. Everybody's asking about the whole pre-Cana process. So we're so right. happy to have you. So for the, just to start off, would you guys mind telling us like a little bit about like your background? Like, or I assume you guys are married, right? Okay. And so like you, so like, just tell me about like the, what is journey to marriage? What is like, what is the podcast about? What, what is, what's going on there? Okay. Well, um, first of all, we're, uh, born and raised in the Catholic church. And then, um, when we met each other, we were, oh, sorry, our lights just like flickered. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, we were both at, uh, different places in our lives. And when he proposed to me, um, we, in Hawaii. In Hawaii. Oh, wow. Um, we went to do our pre-Cana uh, weekend retreat because he was also serving in the military at the time. So we wanted to get it done. Um, there's like a six-month period between when we can um, get married um, in our church. So uh, one of the requirements is pre-Cana. And we did our weekend retreat and it was very foundational. They share a lot of topics in a span of three days, like talking about um, your upbringings and how to communicate with each other, conflict resolution. They just touch on these topics very little. 
Um, so then it's our responsibility after to learn more about these different topics. Yeah. And the reason why we started our ministry was because we felt like it wasn't enough. It was three days and we checked the box saying, okay, you're prepared for marriage. But Sarah and I looked at each other like, hey, we can't just like rely on this weekend to making sure our relationship is prepared for all the challenges of marriage. Because a little backstory of us, we both came from an upbringing of being in toxic relationships. Uh, Sarah, actually, would you mind sharing? Right. So like um, to go way back, my parents were divorced. So I didn't have a good example of what a good and healthy marriage should look like. And then that's where I started um, looking for love in other places, which is my toxic relationships, <laughs> always being the one to pursue them and then always being the one to break up with them. Yeah. And then for me, I had my own fair share as well. I actually was in an engagement before I met Sarah and I had to break it off because one of the things like when we get into relationships, we, we get so caught up in the emotions. We start to idealize our relationship and fail to address the disagreements we have or any unhealthy things we have in our relationship. But once I realized what was going on when we were engaged, I had to make that hard decision. And when Sarah and I got together, we we're like, hey, we need to make sure we do things the right way. And we need to figure this out because we don't know. Let's let's learn from experts. So we went on this whole journey of reading a lot of books, um, getting tapped into a lot of relationship experts that does that does this type of work and started surrounding ourselves with couples that inspired us, that created a marriages that that we would want to emulate in our future marriage. And through that whole journey, we've learned a lot of wisdom and we want to share all these couples. So as relationship coaches, we empower couples to create holy and healthy relationships before marriage. Okay. So how long have you guys been dating and how long have you guys been married? So we were dating for 10 months and then we're engaged for eight. And then this December, we're approaching our two-year anniversary. Okay. Two-year marriage anniversary. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you guys have been married for two years. Seems like it's going well. Um, Isn't yeah. it? Uh, right. Yeah. Um, we're new so parents can- too. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Thanks. Thanks. Wow. That's awesome. And you run this podcast. You guys are like doing it all. Yeah. Um, can I, so can I ask for, I'm, I'm Jewish. I'm not in, uh, I don't know much about Catholicism, but I do know about like couples therapy or premarital counseling. Like how does pre-cana differ from, from what, you know, you traditionally think of as couples counseling? Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's definitely a good question. So pre-cana again is tailored towards Catholics um, because we, we see marriage in a certain sense and there's different, there's different like things and virtues and just like areas of growth that we need to focus on in just more of like a Catholic view of marriage. But in regards to like anyone who's non-Catholics, there's also opportunities through like a marriage counselor or a therapist that would be willing to do some sort of uh, premarital counseling. So again, it's like both, I guess, both sides, whether it be a therapist or like a pre-cana counselor, but us, we're relationship coaches. We, we practically talk about a lot of the topics that should be um, discussed before marriage. And a lot of the things that are important when it comes to marriage, whether it be like how many kids you, you want and like your upbringings, really understanding each other's upbringings and seeing what, like if, if it's going to affect our marriage in any way, any type of like differences, whether it be like our financial outlook 
and mm-hmm. all that stuff. But again, like pre-Kena is based towards, yeah, we're, we're, we'll talk about the life skills, but we'll also talk about like our spirituality, like the Catholic spirituality. Um, uh, but yeah, I hope I answered your question. Right. And so like another part of pre-Kena is couples have the opportunity to go on a weekend retreat like we did, or they can do like um, maybe a six to eight week um, classes with other couples um, just going more a little bit more in depth of what they would get in the weekend retreat and then they also can do like a inventory where um, there are statements and then they have to answer that both of them and then they'll go through their results with a priest when it comes to the plant-based eating debate there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. So those actually, that was one of our big questions. I, were you just referring to what's called the focus test? Yes. Because that, okay. So we've gotten a ton of questions about that. Um, and I know like, like you just mentioned, we, we also, you kind of answered one of our biggest audience, audience questions too, which is like, you know, what are the different formats I can take of pre-K now? We have a ton of brides who are about to start this process with their fiancés. Um, but that focus test is something I actually, so my fiance and I both were raised Catholic. Um, we're like kind of the worst Catholics out there though. Cause we like, don't always know all the rules. It's hard to keep up. Um, but I like went to Catholic school growing up. So, you know, I was confirmed um, first communion, did, did all those sacraments. Uh, but we, we had a lot of questions about this focus test, which my fiance and I both took and we we've we have one more counseling session left to talk about the results but can you kind of walk through because you can do a way better job than I can like what that test is um and is it the first step of the pre-cana process or is it are you are you supposed to do other things first that kind of thing yeah definitely so it really depends on where you're located which diocese you're a part of Mm-hmm. Um, and that's for all the listeners that are not familiar with that. These are like the diocese are the different areas where they have parishes and there's different requirements according to what diocese you're a part of. 
So the best thing to do is to talk to your, your parish pastor or your diocese, whoever, whoever the lead is to figure out what your requirements are, because it can change. I know when we were, when I was serving in the military, we felt, we fell under the archdiocese of the, of the military services. And our requirement was just to go to a three-day retreat and that was it. Um, But then there's some other dioceses that have more rigorous programs. Um, But yeah, just wanted to throw that out there. For the focus inventory, what it does is it really helps you spark a lot of conversations about the important topics, the hard questions, while also having a facilitator that's helping guide these discussions. Because a lot of these conversations could be hard conversations, um, that sometimes when a couple tries to do it on themselves, it could create more tension in the relationship, more conflict. And I think it's really powerful when you do have that third person uh, perspective to facilitate that conversations. So a lot of it is like uncovering a lot, like questions uncovering their upbringings of how they saw finances, how they were raised in in their homes and how it could affect their future marriage so when they start to answer these questions um, on both sides, so you do it separately, you get to see where the disagreements are and where are the agreements? Like, where are you guys on the same page and where are you not on the same page? And let's talk about it in a healthy, in a healthy way because marriage is, is a lifelong commitment and it's challenging. So let's uncover a lot of these hard topics before we make this lifelong commitment to each other to make sure this is something that we truly want to go forward with. Um, is there anything you want to add to that? Um, well, aside from the focus inventory, there's also um, an assessment that some other dioceses choose to use, which is the prepare and rich assessment. It's something that we did um, not for our premarital prep, but afterwards to really see what our relationship looked like from an objective view. It gave us like all these graphs in the different areas, just really broke it down because it is online. Um, it was just a really good resource rather than like, I know the focus inventory is um, on a piece of paper and you kind of just like just circle qu- everything. Yeah, just questions. I think for us, so we, we administer the prepare and ritual assessment to our couples and they enjoy this because it does give an objective report. Again, when we get into like a committed relationship, we get so, we just idealize our re- relationship. We don't see any things. But then when you see in an objective report, like, hey, you got a lot of disagreements here. You both got to talk about this and not just talk about this, but you need to be equipped with the skills to be able to enrich in these areas of your life, whether it be financial management, communicating, resolving conflict. And that's what we teach. We teach more of the skill base mm-hmm. rather than, hey, let's just talk about this because it's yeah. important. But now let's let's talk about this. But now let's 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 teach you how to implement that. Let's in do your something about it. Let's do something about it. Um, so, yeah. Okay, so when you have like when you when you're talking about you seeing these graphs, um, sort of like graphing what your answers are, like can you give me an example of like how you would those things almost seem like ungraphable. Like how do you how do you graph like your view towards communication or finances or children? Like how how does that show up on a graph? Sure. So so it's just showing like the satisfaction levels um based off of what they answered. So when they answer these statements, it's like on a scale of one to five, right? Mm-hmm. Um, even like negative as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so like 
Um, one of the things I can measure is like partner dominance and avoidance based mm -hmm. off of what they answered. So of course you want those things to be low because you don't want a partner that's dominating and you don't want to be the one to be avoiding all these conversations. So that's just an example of like, what are the things it can um, measure? Yeah. Right. And, and it, again, it's all based on how both. So you would have to take this assessment as individuals and from how you answered it, it will determine how you score on the graph. So whether you both are on the same page with everything you like, you answered similar. So you completely like you have good and similar values or you will score high in a whatever area, communication, uh, financial management, stuff like that. But then when you have conflicting views, uh, disagreements, which are complete opposites of how you guys answered, that's where you'll start to see the graph go a little bit low. And what we like to tell our couples is that there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. These are growth areas. This now gives you a more, uh, more self-awareness as to, hey, this is an area that you might have not talked about as much, but now let's go more into it. And let's see if we could get each other on the same page or maybe not. Maybe you both might want to stay where you're at and that's something that you have to discuss because one of the things that we see is that couples come into their marriage and then they find all these things, these disagreements, and they're like, what? I just married you and I find, figure out all this about you. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why it's like so, so important that we, we do this beforehand. So do you ever have couples that you're, that you're coaching who you kind of like have going through this process with and you're kind of, and you sort of see that they're like not going to be good long term and they wind up breaking up or they wind up going their own way right well personally we haven't seen that um but we know other coaches and counselors that have where they go through the assessment and the prep and then um they're very upfront with them like hey i don't think it would be good for you folks to get married mm -hmm. and then people like do end up finding out that like hey we really don't see eye to eye on this value. So let's just save each other some heartache mm -hmm. and end it here. Yeah. Right. And wow. then they save, they save probably like years of, you know, being together when it wouldn't work or getting divorced or that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Rather like trying to make it work. But if they figure this out beforehand, then they don't have to do that. I will say during our focus test um, evaluation, when we were going through our answers and talking about the ones that we had answered different, differently, um, it was, it really was a good exercise. Like Mike, my, my fiance sometimes can be like tough to, he's literally watching me, tough, tough to open up or like, you know, won't always show all of his emotions. He's a tough egg to crack in that sense. But this test like got him, to talk about things and that some of which like we had never even discussed. Um, you know, for example, we were talking about like sharing responsibilities throughout our marriage and who will kind of do what. And we were with everything we were saying, like, you know, this, that we can always change this in the future. This doesn't have to be like our official who will do what moving forward. But um, it was just good to like talk out those things and talk about who would, just kind of like make sure we had each other's backs in certain scenarios. And even there were questions about like, do we both want pets? Do we both want children? If so, how many? And that was really good. Cause I know that, I mean, I've heard of nightmares of couples who wait to talk about the kids convo and then they're disagreeing and that really breaks up a whole marriage. So this is awesome. Um, yeah. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As for timing, just we we got a ton of audience questions. Like basically everybody was like, how early should I start doing this? Um, I guess it's different depending on their diocese and whatnot. But general timing, when should they start this whole process? Yeah, so they should start pre-Cana as soon as they get engaged. I think that's like the time, like that's the first thing that you should do. Because again, you have like this whole time of planning your wedding and and everything. So when you do get the pre-Cana out of the way, at least now while you're doing the wedding planning prep, you can start preparing for your marriage and really start like opening up these conversations that should be talked about. Um, as you guys are preparing for that exciting day of planning your wedding. Um, but again, like it's good to do it early on in your engagement, then later in your engagement when again, like you're getting close to your wedding day and then you start to figure out these things about your partner that you didn't know until now. And you're like, Oh my gosh, now you feel, yeah, you feel like you're committed that you do have to get married, but we tell our couples that you don't like, ultimately I know it's, it's hard. It was hard for me when I was in engagement, when I was engaged, and I had to break that off, but like future looking, it could have been, it could have yeah. ended in a worse way in our marriage. And that's something that we want to avoid for a lot of our couples. So the earlier you could get it done, the better. Right. And like what Rafi was saying about like continuing the growth from when you do go through pre an example would be like, I really figured out that I wasn't very good with my finances. So we end up going through the Dave Ramsey um, Financial Peace University, um, helping me get my vocabulary bigger around finances and getting out of debt before we got married. And we did. Awesome. I'm sure that's hugely important. I feel like money is something that couples like fight about all the time, but there's there's not really a lot of public like discussion around that. And I'm sure, I, I think what you said is great about like how you start when you start getting engaged. I'm sure that a lot of the couples that you speak with or work with also have a lot of like disagreements as they're starting to plan a wedding. Cause for a lot of people, this is the first major financial decision that they're making together or the, or the first real project that they're seriously working on. So I'm sure, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, I'm sure you have a couples who are fighting, you know, how much do you value like this kind of thing? How much do you value putting this kind of money into, uh, into this event? Right. And um, like, so that was a conversation Rafi and I had. He's like, we're going to spend $5,000 on a wedding. I'm like, do you know how much money it takes? to?" <laughs> oh, like- silly Rafi. Yeah. <laughs> I wish. In Hawaii. I'm like, yeah, we're going to do this. I didn't know anything until she had to unpack it for me. And I'm like, whoa, this yeah. is, there's a lot that goes into a wedding. And I'm going to encourage all, I know mo- most of your um, listeners are brides, but any like, grooms that are listening to this right now like be there for your bride because there's a lot there's a lot like don't let her do this on her own because when when sarah really uncovered everything i was like wow i need like i want to help i don't want you to shoulder all this burden and all this stress and when we went through this whole process we're like man this is stressful but 
how we're, we've been seeing a lot of couples getting engaged and we're seeing like a lot of the brides doing a lot of the planning. We're like, man, that must be super stressful for you. So we want to encourage you guys to make this a teamwork e yeah. effort. We also sure. see it as like a good way to prepare for marriage as yeah. well, right? Because you're yeah. talking about finances and like boundaries with family and friends. Mm -hmm. Super important. Definitely. You're definitely getting to know, I feel like your partner's parents and family on a totally different level than you did probably while you're dating. So also figuring out like, I mean, that's one thing I think we, we see in a lot of our emails where people write to us for advice is like, you know, if you're having a problem with your mother-in-law or something like that, like, is that something that your husband should be getting involved in? Or like, how do you, mm -hmm. how do you navigate those family dynamics, which will really be around for the entirety of your marriage? Right. So it's so important. Right. Um, so we had a, a couple logistical questions as well from the audience. A lot of people were wondering if I'm not Catholic, can I still do this whole process? Because I think a lot of people see that, you know, the prep aspects of it really does like prep you really well, even if they're not, you know, having, don't even want to get married under the Catholic church. Or can they still go through this? You guys oh, yeah, like definitely. Um, it's for everyone anyway, but mostly like Catholics go through it because the church says, hey, you have to do this. But that's really awesome if someone who's not Catholic wants to be intentional about their relationship, about their future marriage and going through this process. Um, another format for like pre-Cana courses or preparation, they have online resources um, mm -hmm. some called like smart loving and there's one like Catholic marriage prep. So these are really like awesome resources, um, because everyone's at home. Right. Yeah. And then right. of course you could again, seek out your, your marriage and family therapists that do premarital counseling. Um, there's so many, there's so many different resources, whether you're Catholic or not, that are willing to share this, this type of um, way of preparing for marriage. And I think it's really important. Not a lot of people talk about it, but I mean, the statistics even show that when you go, when a couple goes through some sort of premarital preparation, their success of their marriage is three times the amount. I mean, even the most um, well-known relationship expert, Dr. Gottman talks about hit about like the people who go to his workshops in a more preventative way have a more higher success of their marriage than those who go to their workshops trying to revive their marriage and already in these these types of conflict. Right. That makes total sense to me. I and mean, if you imagine like if you went to the doctor with like stage four cancer, it's like almost like a, for sometimes it can be like too late. But if you right. go, you know, you catch right. something early, like there's you're able to fix it. You're able to like, you know, help it survive. So to me, that makes uh a lot of sense like to go preventatively or to not get yourself into a situation that you know isn't right for you for sure i know like for from my perspective too um my parents were got divorced you know when i was going into high school so forever ago but this that's something and they were catholic i believe they had to get it annulled after like go through all of that kind of stuff um and you know in the end it was for the best and i'm not knocking people getting divorced, obviously, um, that's every situation is different, but that's something like, I definitely want to both my fiance and I definitely want to, um, avoid. So doing preventative measures like this is, yeah, is great. So where did, um, um where did this tradition like come from in Catholicism has been around since like the, yeah, the dawn of, you know, Christianity, or is it like a fairly new thing? Like where, where's, what's the background behind it? 
Yeah, I'm not sure exactly when it started, but it let's just say it kind of started recently. Like the church hasn't been doing this like since since the church started up. Um, but I guess like from the culture and from what they're seeing in society, they created this initiative to continue to to start preparing for something this big of a commitment. Um, again, I don't know the year of when it of when it started. Sometime in the 1900s, but I know it's because of the rise of divorces that they want to create this. Because um, ultimately, we're supposed to learn how to prepare for marriage within our family unit. But because those started breaking apart, we didn't have that example anymore. So then, they had to create something to be that example. Mm. Wow. Are there any questions that come about in the focus test or throughout the marital counseling um, processes that people go through that like you wouldn't think would have come up before, uh, mm. like ones that, um, you know, couples are like, oh, my God, like I never even thought about that, that kind of thing. Or like, do we see do you guys typically see a lot of couples that come into it and they're kind of like, oh, we've already talked through all of this. Like any, any questions that couples that our listeners should be aware of or should think about? Yeah. So I would say a hundred percent of our couples that go through this are like, there's a question that they never talked about in the relationship and whether it be a hard conversation, I'm going to give you, you one example. One of the couples that we went through, um, through our program, we talked about pornography, actually, and oh watching. Por- yeah. So again, a hard conversation like pornography. Yeah. And we, when we started talking about this, um, she was concerned because she knew that he watched it and wow. and he was this is already in their marriage, too. And he was like, OK, I, like this is what I've been doing. I haven't I, I don't do it like all the time. Mm-hmm. Um but this is what I tend to go to when I feel like my needs are not being met in the relationship. And that really opened up both of their eyes. They're like, well, first and foremost, the husband was realized that, hey, I didn't know that me doing this made you feel unappreciated, made you feel like you had to compare or unattractive. And that really opened up the conversation because she's been like withholding this type of information uh, from her husband. So they're able to have like that healthy conversation about that. And she was able to be assertive enough to share that concern because right. she had us in that conversation to, to know that there is a safe environment to talk about this. Again, we're not like trying to point blame or judge either of them, but to have, make them go through that, that hard conversation in a healthy manner. And like through that whole conversation, it was really hard because she, like we could see it in her face too. Like, yeah. oh, I don't even want to talk about this. Like I'm feeling uncomfortable talking about this right now. And I'm like, I understand, but we have to talk about this because yeah. we see how it affects marriage marriages. And yeah. especially, end- yeah, especially for like women, right? We compare ourselves to other women mm-hmm. and holding that in like just really hurts. So like when we were with this couple, like just even though it was like via Zoom, like she was quiet and you could just feel that her heart was just aching. And I, I almost like cried on the call too. Yeah. But then at the end of the call, he was like, yeah, I didn't know you were feeling this way. 
with my behaviors around this. So I'm committed to stopping like straight up, like on the call, he's like, I'm, I'm committed to stopping this and let's, let's work for a way to continue to increase in our intimacy so that we don't have to like go to these other external sources trying to find this way of pleasure. Yeah. Pleasure and all yeah. that stuff. So I think, I thought it was a really powerful conversation, but that's just one example, one hard conversation that you can have. But of course there's like the regular ones, like mm -hmm. financial management and all that stuff. Yeah. So. Well, is the idea just on this pornography thing is the idea that like that's necessarily bad or just that for this couple, you know, it was hurting one person or does like does the whole pre pre cana Catholic view towards it? Is that towards is that it shouldn't be happening or is it like, OK, because I mean, I assume it's pretty frequent and for some couples like they're both aware of it and fine with it or both parties, you know, are watching it is that or is it like i'm wondering what the what the catholic view about it is right so like the catholic view would be like no pornography at all because um when you're viewing it it's just you're objectifying what you're seeing so then that um kind of bleed into like real life you start objectifying the people around you um and then it just kind of becomes a bad habit like all that time you spend viewing or like thinking about it you could um be spending time with your partner and figuring out a way to love them more you know yeah and i think the um like it's an it's an unnatural way of like sexual exp uh, expression i know for me like i watched pornography before i got married uh, before i got married i was introduced to it very young and i started to see in my past relationships how it affected that i started yeah it was just like a mess yeah and I mean, like we even see not even not like non-Catholic sources. There's this organization called Fight the New Drug, which shows the scientific evidence based of what pornography, like how that affects a relationship, how that affects our lives, our brains. And we encourage a lot of the the your listeners to look into that if they are watching pornography and stuff. Again, it's not a it's not a Catholic source or anything, a spiritual source It's a very subject i mean for very objective scientific evidence-based documentary talking about when you watch pornography like how does it affect a relationship your brain and i think it's really eye-opening for sure well, I, because i would assume anything in excess would be pretty bad for your relationship regardless of yeah. you know whether it's pornography or not having sex or but i yeah. i would also think that like in some cases, again, if both people are okay with it, if it's done in moderation, if it's done in a healthy way, if it's done as a personal release that has nothing to do with your partner, like if both people are on the same page about that, is that necessarily like, let's say the couple comes to you or takes this survey and they're both, they're both rated on this graph, like similarly about like their view towards that's okay. As long as it's not taking over your life, I don't mind. Is that still something that's going to be an issue in, in your counseling? Um, well, yes, because the couples that we typically work with are Catholic couples. So Sarah and I, we uphold the, the truths of what the church teaches. Mm -hmm. So whether they like the answer or not, we, it's, it's our duty to just be messengers. Again, they don't have to agree with, mm -hmm. with it. I mean, they're not agreeing with me or Sarah. It's, mm -hmm. it's what the church teaches. And them right. as baptized Catholics, like we're supposed to uphold that. Um, so we're we're there to share like the truth of right. what we believe. Um, and part um, of um, uh, understanding the Catholic marriage is that it's fully self-giving. And part of self-giving is um, the act of marital sex. 
And so when a male does his thing on the side, he's not giving to the wife. So we always believe that the two of them should be together in that act. Gotcha. Okay. So I would say like, this is a good example of how it might differ from like your traditional couples counseling that is Mm non-denominational. It does probably add in some teachings of like Catholicism, which if you're not Catholic or if you, um, if you have differing views about that kind of thing, like you might not agree with that. And that's just like the form of counseling that this would be. So I think that almost like helps clarify like how this would be different than like if you just go to a traditional therapist, how it might be a different experience. Yeah, definitely. And I think too, one of the good points somebody said was like, you know, you, you don't want to, you want to go into this, even if you have done those things and let's say you really do want to comply with the Catholic teachings and what the Catholic church, um, kind of the rules of the church, um, but it's important to go into this test or the, this, these counseling sessions, just like being completely honest, because like in the end, it's like, the, these are here for a reason. Like, I know for a fact, you know, Mike and I are not obeying all of the, the Catholic rules, but like, you know, we're only human at least. So yeah. we, so, um, you know, at least we're going into these sessions being honest and like working through the, the ones that you know, the, the questions and the different scenarios that uh, are presented to us in these. So I think that's, that's a big thing. I know like when the pornography question came up in the focus test, I was like, Mike, just lie and say like, you just lie for the sake of doing it. And he was like, no, that's not the point. So we Mm -hmm. told the truth there, but, um, but yeah, it's just so interesting. And kind of going off of the point about like rules of the church and stuff, we did get a lot of questions about, priest first deacon marrying this is again a more logistical question but um i know a lot of people say i we have a deacon that we found because i'm getting married in maryland i live in new jersey um so yeah i guess kind of what's the difference of like working with a priest versus a deacon throughout this or you know the different types of um i don't know okay heads of yeah, the church so- facilitators facilitators no worries no worries we all have our, our different backgrounds and upbringings so there's no no shame no blame in Thank regards you. to how you how you live your life how you live your faith but um ultimately we're trying to strive to be our best right we're trying right. to strive um to follow as as much as we can even though it's challenging but in regards to your question it, it re- like you can, you could go through a deacon, you could go through a priest with your pre-cana. It really it depends on your parish or your diocese. Because I know for us, we did the focus questionnaire with uh, our priest, but then we went through our pre-cana weekend. There's like a weekend retreat with a bunch of married couples that helped formed us um, before marriage. Again, it really depends on your requirements and whether it be with your priest or with married couples. And I think both could be very advantageous. Definitely look, just try to milk as much as you can for all the listeners, like try to get as much as you can hear the perspective of your pastor, hear the perspective of married couples, go to whatever you can to learn more about each other, to learn more about your relationship. And I think overall it's just beneficial. 
So is this like the kind of thing that you, is it like pass fail or do you need just like a sign off that you completed it? Like, yep, the- you'll get a, you'll get a certificate at the end saying that you've completed your marriage preparation. Okay. And we, we talked about this in one of the past episodes. Jordana actually asked me this and I was like, I don't know. And I'm, and I'm about to get married Catholic. Um, for the people that are getting married Catholic, like what's the, what, what's the difference if you don't, if you're Catholic and let's say, cause it is a lot of steps to go throughout this process. And, you know, we've had a lot of audience members that have been like, what's the point? Like, I know at one point, since we're, we're not, we don't belong to uh, the parish in Maryland where we're getting married, it was like impossible to find somebody to marry, help us through this process. The church that we wanted to get married to in Annapolis kept saying, no, you're not allowed. You're not parish members. We were like begging them. Uh, finally, I fa- literally found this man. I don't even know how or where, but he's li- an angel from heaven. <laughs> Deacon Dave, shout out to Deacon Dave. <laughs> but um so he's the one who's like our little mentor throughout all of this. But I mean, it's a lot of steps. So what, what's the consequence? I'm putting quotes over that for mm. Catholic people who are just like, you know what, this is too much. I want to elope and I just want to get it recognized by the mm. state. I think you like know? it would, it's more like of a personal consequence as you're saying in quotes, um, because as Catholics, we believe that our marriage is a sacrament and all the sacraments have like God involved in it. And grace. Right. So not only are we seeing um, our marriage as like a contract, but a holy agreement with God that we're going to live out our lives the way he intended marriage to be, which is like to be one with one another and then have children. Yeah. And I think... So one of the con- consequences, if a couple decides to not go through pre-cana and not get married in the church, with either of them being Catholic, if they get to, if they decide to get married outside of the church, um, it's not recognized in God's eyes that it's a legitimate marriage. Um, again, you're if you disagree with with us and you're listening to this, you're like, I don't agree with that. You're not disagreeing with me and Sarah. You're disagreeing right. with mm-hmm. with the the teaching of the church, and this is what we 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 learn to live, and that um, this is a sacrament. This is something to take seriously, and when we don't do things in accordance to God's will um, in the in the church, then we we separate ourselves from that from Him and from His grace. So again, when if you decide to get married outside of church, that's when you you won't be able to receive the sacraments anymore, like the Eucharist. A lot of your Catholic listeners know what that is, mm-hmm. the Eucharist and all that stuff, um, until you decide to get your marriage convalidated in the church. So one of the couples that we knew, uh, they didn't get married in the church in the beginning. They were a military couple, but then they started growing in their faith and they understood that, wow, this is important that we should be doing this in the church and to sacramentalize our marriage. That's what it's called, the terminology. And they went through the whole process of pre-cana and then they got married in the church where they were able to start again, receiving the graces, receiving the sacraments again together as a couple. Um, but yeah, I think that's, hopefully that answered your question. No, definitely. Right. Thank you. You guys are okay. the experts of the teachings, which is something I need a refresher on. So thank you. Yeah. 
Okay. Did, did we have any other listener questions or you know, is there anything we haven't covered guys that like you feel like it's really important for the listeners to know about this process? Mm, nope. I think we <laughs> covered a lot. We did. We really did the whole process and guys feel free to keep sending us uh, questions. Feel free to find Rafi and Sarah on their socials. If you guys want to tell them yeah. where to find you all. Let us know what's what's going on with you guys. Where should they tune in? How can they find yeah. out more? How can they contact you? Yeah, definitely. So we have our own podcast called Journey to Marriage for Catholic Brides and Grooms, where we, we talk about relationships. We talk about weddings. We talk about just marriage in general and what we can start doing right now to be more intentional before the wedding day to make sure our marriage, our future marriage thrives. Um, so you can subscribe there. We are also on Instagram at Journey to Marriage, and we have our website, www.journeytomarriage.com. Um, and we're here to answer any questions. Be open. We're an open book. We're relationship coaches. We do this for a living. We like talking about relationships and figuring, figuring all this all out with you on your journey. So uh, feel free to reach out. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. This was, I learned so much. I'm sure the listeners did too. And now you guys know where to find them and we will see you next week till death do us part. Betches.